Welcome to Respect Life Radio. My name is Deacon Jeff Bennett with Catholic Charities of the Archdiocese of Denver. And our special guest today is Sam Perry, who is one of the instigators and actually initiators of Prayer in the Square, which is really taken off here in the Archdiocese of Denver about praying the first Saturday of every month. I want to talk to Sam about, you know, how did this even come about? What have we been doing? How how has prayer really been a focus of not only his life, but him wanting to push it as a focus of all of our lives because it's critical. So, Sam, thanks for coming in today. Appreciate it. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it very much. So how did Prayer in the Square even get started? What made you move in that direction? It goes back to my childhood, really. Uh, In the late 40s, there was a rheumatic fever was very prevalent, and so was uh, polio, and my sister had polio, and I had a rheumatic fever. And my grandparents were all from Italy, and my dad was too, and the rosary just was a part of our foundation. Uh, miraculously, after four months in bed, my my rheumatic fever went away. Dr. Zarlingo, God rest his soul, was very elated, and he didn't understand what really happened, but he said, by golly, we'll take it. My sister, by the same token, was supposed to have a shortened leg, and there was a point in time that she wasn't even supposed to make it, and then she did make it. And not only that, but she didn't have a shortened leg. So so the prayer, uh, really, with the rosary, was a big part of our family. And then as we moved through time, um, I uh, my mother made me a rosary when I was my uh, mid-teens. I've still got it. I was going to ask you that, yeah. (laughs) I've still got it, so it's 63 years old now. Uh, But it's been all over the world with me. Um, I've been in situations, car wrecks, numerous. I've had uh, hepatitis and yellow jaundice, which I was in the hospital for three weeks when I was 20 years old. Um, Not supposed to make it, and it seemed like the Blessed Mother just kept being present at my crisis in life. And so I wanted to start sharing that with people. And, and even through college, I, I uh, was, went to secular college, but um, the Catholics that I knew, we tried to pray. Um, tough to, to do sometimes because a lot of guys fell away from the faith in the college years. Then um, as we moved through time, then uh, – I, I had a business appointment in Columbus, Ohio, back in about 84, 85, that would turn sour. And I went to Columbia Cathedral there to, to pray, and there was a little rosary book in the back. And it was, it was a little yellow book. I've still got it. It said, pray, don't say the rosary. It was the front page. And that's the forerunner of the book that we pass out today. Right. And... Uh, from that, I brought that book home, and it turned out that the more I talked about it, I said, you know, I'll just order some books. And it turned out that Catholic Book Publishing had changed their their uh, design on it. And so I said to send me a few and see if I can start giving them out to people. Uh, and by golly, they started being received. And from that point, uh, then all this stuff started happening at Planned Parenthood. And the Knights of Columbus, we used to go down to the original Planned Parenthood on 20th and Vine, 
uh, every first Saturday. And people really received that book because I just walk up and down the line. Right. And we'd walk back and forth praying the rosary. And a lot of people had their rosaries, but they really weren't certain about how to pray it. And I could tell that. And uh, so I would give them books, and I, they were widely received. And so I, we just kept that up. And now it's amalgamated into the, the prayer in the square. And then, the, of course, we know that most of the governments in the world are trying to push all of our religions in, inside our walls so that we don't go outside the building. Yeah, freedom of worship, not Amen. freedom of religion. Amen. So, so I've sort of been a contradictory kind of guy, and my wife says obstreperous at times. So I, <laughs> they know I, best about us, don't they? So, so, so I said, well, by golly, we, we'll just start going over to Planned Parenthood and keep it up, and then they moved to their new facility. And uh, more people started joining, more, more, of the, more of the parishes. So it, it just sort of evolved. But then we did a big thrust uh, when I was on the Catholic Foundation Board. Uh, we printed up 100,000 books and had the logo of the Catholic Foundation put on the back to, to promote the rosary and, of course, the foundation. And by golly, uh, I had to order 100,000 to get the logo on the back. So my garage became obsolete as a garage for quite a while until we got rid of those. Became homes. a warehouse. <laughs> so, so fortunately, uh, a lot of the parishes really accepted it, and we drove them all over the state, all over the northern archdiocese. Some of them went into Colorado Springs, too. We got requests from some of the parishes down there, so we'd drive down there and take books to the parishes. Yeah, well, I think, you know, the the, the basis is, it made a difference in your life growing up, oh, right? Big and time. if it weren't for your parents and grandparents who have taught you that, you may never have known the power of prayer, especially the power of the rosary. And so, it's a you know who's ever listening. You know, I do funeral rosaries. I do a lot of rosaries, and people don't know what a ros- don't know how to do the rosary. They may have the beads. That's right. But they don't know the words. They don't feel comfortable with it. And it really is a family opportunity to pray together. And you were talking about before we got on air, the family that prays together stays together, the slogan. Father Peyton. Father Peyton back in like the 40s and 50s and 60s maybe. I can't remember when when that stopped. But he used to draw hundreds of thousands of people to to prayers, right, at rosaries in cities. Yeah, as big as 400,000. And – it's it's something that's just if we want to get to the son, get to Jesus, we go through his mother. That's right. And she wants to lead us there. And I remember, you know, my wife telling me I'm not a cradle Catholic, but their whole family would pray the rosary as they did dishes every night. Everybody had a different job, but everybody would be in the kitchen and they would pray a rosary as they cleaned up after dinner. And that's a memory that's stuck in her head. Um, and as she has been kind of the impetus for the faith in our family, it took me a while to get on board. Um, but praying together as a family, you got to pray every day as a family. And a ro- what better than a rosary? Even if you just do a decade. That's right. I have a friend, and uh, you're familiar with him. He uh, he he started his little kids because they were rambunctious and they didn't want to focus for a whole rosary so he did one decade a day every week so by the end of the week they did a full rosary and they did 52 rosaries by the end of the year and from that point his children today 
who were all grown up with their families, say that that started us down a path with our children that we would have never gone down had we not started praying at that early age with our mom and dad, and it only took a few minutes to do one decade of the rosary. Well, and what we see today, you know, people are, you know, supposedly so busy. Yes, yes. Right? They don't even have time to talk to their kids, or they can't even all get together to eat dinner. But praying is critical. I remember talking to a priest in Houston before I moved up here who said he counseled people that were struggling in their marriages, that wanted a divorce and didn't know what to do. And he would always ask him the question, do you guys pray together? And not once in 25 years did he ever hear the answer yes for somebody who was struggling in their marriage. So prayer isn't just a bunch of words. It's, It's a way to communicate. And it's a dialogue, not a monologue. That's right. And so... You had mentioned it earlier, you know, praying. There's a difference between praying the rosary and saying the rosary. Yes, amen. No question. And so, I I mean, for what you're doing and to really kind of bring this back into the forefront, it's a shame it ever kind of left uh, families, but you got to make time. You know, you make time to eat, you make time to do those things that you deem are important. Prayer should be right up there in the top. Well, you know, it's really easy and. Uh, I don't do it as much anymore because I, at my age, I have more time to be at the Adoration Chapel. But when I had my company, I was driving between appointments all the time. And it's really easy to turn off the radio and do a road rosary. Yeah. Uh, you know, it might, you might take all day between appointments, but you can, it's very easy to complete one rosary just between appointments or just between sort of stops or breaks, uh, coffee breaks, whatever you have whatever type of work you're doing, it just doesn't take that long to recognize that God's given you that ability to be at work that day and to have to be able to go home to a family that night. And it's calming too, right? That's if you're right. struggling or you're anxious, you know, how many people do you see driving down the street with a rosary on the rearview mirror? Yeah. You I, wonder how often does that ever even get used? It's not a it's not an ornament. I want to cry when I see that. Yeah. Because it's, it's not that's not. It's not a decoration. You could have it in your hand and, and making it worthwhile. It's, it's a weapon, right? That's right. It's a weapon against the evil one. Well, didn't John, uh, Pope John Paul, Saint John Paul, say that the second most powerful weapon in our quiver is the rosary? The first is the Eucharist, right? And the second is the rosary. And you know, when you have a pope that's now a, a saint that said that to us while he was here, might want to take it to heart. You want you really want to pay attention. <laughs> I think this just verifies everything we're talking about. So you're listening to Respect Life Radio. Our special guest is Sam Perry, who has started the Prayer in the Square ministry, which has been going on now for years. Um, so what is the Prayer in the Square Rosary? What, what well, does it trying, happen? What's going on? Well, what we're trying to do is is get the parishes. Uh, I think we're up to 18 now. I think you can help me with that. Yeah, I about think that 18, sounds right. Yeah. About 18 and most recent one, fortunately, was, was Church of Risen Christ. Uh, that you've been working on for quite some time. Been working on them quite some time. And they have two new priests over there that are just wonderful. They're very Marian-oriented. And when the thought was brought to them, because they've got a beautiful statue right out in front of the church on South Monaco there. Yeah, perfect location. Perfect location, because that's what we're trying to do on the busy streets. For example, we have St. James and we have... Uh, we have St. Vincent's over on South University. So mm-hmm. those, those are 
perfect places for us to get out of our buildings, to not be comfortable, to go stand, even in the cold weather, even in the snow, and pray the rosary together the first Saturday of every month. And what we really have is, besides your ambassadorships that you have here at, at uh, the Catholic Charities, we have the Knights of Columbus. Mm-hmm. And there are many, many councils in all the parishes throughout the Metropolitan and Archdiocese. And that's what we did. We invoked the council, and we have a new Grand Knight there who was fortunately the ex-president of the Catholic Foundation. <laughs> I'll even mention his name because I love him, Bud Lobber. And he, uh, he just went to bat for us, and he, he went, and the priest said, by golly, we'll start that on the first uh, Saturday of November. And we had 41 people show up. And with the priest leading, For the very first one. For the very first one. And I want to tell you that I think that's probably some kind of breakthrough because uh, even after a long period of time, some of these parishes are having 30, 25, 30. But you know, when you start getting 40 and 50, that's a breakthrough because then then you convince everybody to just bring one person the next time. <laughs> and you double it. <laughs> and then you double it. <clears throat> so the numbers start working for you if you can start with that kind of base. So it's a public witness yes. to the faith so that people see it. And you pray, what, a rosary and a chaplet? Or do, yes. what do you pray? Okay. We do the, the uh, Divine Mercy Chaplet also. Uh, and, it's, and we start off, and, I, and basically our premise is still the same, that it's for the persecuted Christians in not only the Mideast, because we got persecuted Christians really all over the world now, and Colorado's not far behind in it's, terms of we're going to be right there too, amen. unfortunately. And and of course for the abortion and for the stopping of the abortion, and right? So, so for life. Mm-hmm. So, um, but it's just there's persecution going on in this country beyond my comprehension. Uh, I have various friends in different cities, and it's just amazing how we talk. And it's the same model is starting to surface in every city. Well, I mean, look, if you don't have a relationship with Christ, how do you handle anything, right? I mean, your family knew when you were younger. I mean, rheumatic fever, polio, I mean, all those terrible things that were going on, prayer was what they went to. That's right. And if you don't have a relationship with Christ or his mother, then what do you do? I mean, talk about being hopeless and helpless. And lonely. And lonely. I would really think really lonely. Yeah. I mean, you know, I I was at a retreat one time, and uh, the retreat master said, you know, one of the things you need to remember is that no matter where you are in life, Jesus and his mother are already there waiting for you. You're never alone. So if you get to a position where you feel like you're alone— you know, you're struggling in marriage or work or whatever, they're already there waiting for you. You just need to That's very vivid. bring that's, them up. That's, that's beautiful. Yeah, I mean, yeah. To th- so you're never alone, but if you don't have prayer and you don't have a relationship, you can feel alone. And that's, you know, that's why people have despair. And so how critical is it, you know, that you started Prayer in the Square but we want young families to come out, right? We want moms and dads with their kids to be out there too, not a bunch of old people like us all the that, time. That's right. Uh, although that's good. But, you know, how do we hand down the importance of prayer in our families? I mean, if imagine kids 30 or 40 years from now say, you know, I learned the rosary going to prayer in the square with my parents every month. 
Yeah. I mean, what a witness that would be, what a and it would be rip of the ripple effect. Um, so we want every parish to be able to do this. Now it's easier if they have a morning mass on Saturday. That's right. Uh, so maybe you can encourage your pastor to have a Saturday morning <laughs> mass, and then right after mass, go out. I mean, I'm at Holy Trinity. We're right there on Federal, right, right south of uh, US 36. So it's a busy place. Perfect place. And I know I probably shouldn't, but I watch the traffic as we're praying. Everybody's eyes look to see what we're doing. That's a, that's exactly right. I mean, so if you're doing it, watch the people on the street. Now they may say, "What are they doing?" Now we have a banner that we've created that explains prayer in the square and what we're doing, and then we hold that out so people can see. Oh, it. that's a good idea. Um, so that part's good. But how many people drive by think, man, I remember my grandmother used to do that, or I remember my mom used to do that. Who knows how that sparks? But it does take the public witness, doesn't it? Yes. And to, and to further support that, we now are doing two more things. We're, we've got the statue of our Blessed Mother. That Beautiful statue, too. She's like six feet tall. That's Well, yeah, she's 5'6", and she weighs 150 pounds. And it's one solid block. Are you allowed to mention her weight on the air? <laughs> uh oh. She'll be okay uh, with that? Uh oh. Uh oh. <laughs> uh, and I have two older sisters. I know better. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's, uh, we've moved her now since May every two weeks to different parishes, including up in Estes Park and Granby. And it's been a wonderful experience because she really is spurring people to pray the rosary. The, the priest up at Granby was just so elated because uh, he, first of all, when we uncovered the statue, we have to put her on a gurney, and we have a modified vehicle to take her around and strap her in and so forth. So it's, it's quite a challenge, but it's fun. Every two weeks to get together with two other older guys, and, the, and then we sort of yell at each other because we, <laughs> we forget to unbuckle something or something happens because there's a lot, of, a lot of mixed messages going on. But but we get there, and, and the, the results that we're now seeing is <clears throat> we have a number of different parishes that are now praying the rosaries before their masses, even during the weekday. They weren't doing that before. And it's a beautiful statue. And so if you're interested in the statue or prayer in the square, just before I forget, because I do, I do forget, go to respectlifedenver.org, scheduling the statue. You can do it online. You can find out more about it. But you were talking—I mean, you've mentioned before, you know, how many great stories have come from bringing her to a parish, from people who were— apathetic or actually yeah. felt like you were bothering them. And then once they see the statue, their whole demeanor changes. Lukewarm, yeah. As a matter of fact, it's happened to a couple of priests, believe it or not. Yeah. We walk in with our gurney, and she's all covered up because we have her strapped in because we don't want to leave any bruises or marks on her. And they're like, who are these yahoos, and what are they doing? <laughs> and one priest will, I mean, will be in all of our minds forever. He, he, was, he was a little... Kurt about accepting this whole thing that was the parish that sort of the business manager sort of imposed it on him and by golly as we undraped that statue there was a pleasantness that came over him that to the point that two weeks later when we when we went to pick he was so enthused he <laughs> helped us wrap her up he helped us carry her out to the truck I mean it was just a and we've seen that now in more than one priest, uh, which is really rewarding. Uh, yeah, I mean that's that's our mother. That's right. right? And what what was wasn't the 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 apparition at Fatima wasn't her message to pray the rosary? That's exactly right. 
That's exactly right. And then she said, if you don't, there's going to be a, a worse world war than you've just experienced if you don't start praying the rosary and, and honoring my son. And, and, and that was World War II, right? Came after that. That's right. It's, uh, I've been to Fatima, thank God, a few times, and it's, uh, it's just intriguing every time, and it's so rewarding spiritually. And then from that, we, we've, had, uh, we've had a friend of mine called and said, Sam, would you bring me some rosaries? Because one of the other ministries we have is we, we're delivering rosaries not only in English, but they're in Spanish, and then we bring the rosaries from the Holy Land which are made out of olive wood, and there's a couple families that are doing that for us. And we've right now given out about 60,000 rosaries and about uh, 25 to almost 30,000 Spanish books and 185,000 English books. Right, so you have a box. Yes, now we have this new we box. Have, we have a box that has rosaries and rosary books in it, and you're even going beyond parishes, right? I, we yes. were talking about... Now you're going to funeral homes so that they the can funeral have homes. I met with one of the owners of one of these funeral homes uh, last week. He was so elated. He said, Sam, we'll just put these in all of our funeral homes because so many of the family members, the person that dies is, let's say, they're 75 or 80 years old. And that our generation, mostly some of them do know the rosary, but the younger generations don't. But they feel very awkward going to their parents' funeral or their uncle's funeral, and they they don't know how to pray the rosary, but and many of them aren't even in the church anymore, but that's a spark that if they mm-hmm. have the book and a rosary, it's sort of like the fishing pole and teaching them how to fish. Uh, both, we give it to them, and uh, the results have really been wonderful. I've already got feedback that the children felt much more comfortable being there, holding a rosary in their hand and looking at the book which is very simple, very simple to follow. Yeah, easy to follow, and and they get to take it home. That's right. And so if we need to re or if you need to restock the funeral home or the parish or wherever, don't worry about it. We want people to take these that's things right. home, right? Right. That's uh, that's our chore. We just drive around and deliver rosaries and rosary books whenever they're needed. Well, and I know you put a lot of miles on your car driving around because every time I call you. <laughs> I, I, you're on your car phone. That's right. <laughs> Driving from either taking a statue or, or rosary books. So there is a hunger out there for it. Yes. But we need to help facilitate this. So if we're, if you're listening and you're at a parish that doesn't have a prayer in the square, start one. Go on our website. We'll help you do that. If you don't have the Fatima statue or she hasn't been to you yet, Get on our website and schedule. Now, talk to your pastor. We want them on board with all this stuff. Um, but almost to a, a pastor, they have been willing to ha- to host the statue, to have the rosary books. But it's going to take lay people willing to do it because everybody's busy. We get sick of hearing it. But if somebody say, Father, I will pray the rosary and the chaplet out front if you'll announce it, and maybe you can come once in a while, that would be great. That's right. Um, so I think it's a great opportunity, but it's only an opportunity if we don't take advantage of it. It never comes to fruition. Well, that's. I think here's here's where the Knights of Columbus Councils can. They're a volunteer organization to begin with, so nobody's getting paid. And if you get the one person that's passionate about, it, that's all it takes. Just takes one. Just takes the person that says, you know, I'm going to hit this up, and we'll get if it's only ten people the first time. 
so what? That's 10 more people praying the rosary than, than we're praying it before. So it's baby steps at a time, and hopefully they just grow to be uh, – St. Thomas More now, for example, has like 150 people that go to the public park. Yeah, that's that's in crazy and number. And boy, that's a great they, number. And this they they're in rain and snow. They they show up. But they've been doing it for a number of years. It it took time, it took patience, it took prayer. Yeah, and I know St. Mary's in Littleton has been doing it and they started off with I don't know, they're between 50 and 70 and Are they, they really? do, and they do it at a park. I didn't know that. I know at Holy Trinity we're usually 30 to 40. We're trying to grow that number. Um, St. Mark's is now, I think, up to 30 to 40. Yeah. I mean, there's especially if you have a mass, just come outside and say, and just say, pray the rosary. Don't just say it. And pray the chaplet. It makes a difference. It trans, prayer transforms lives, but it doesn't if you don't do it. That's right. And so, I mean, I can't. Uh, thank you enough for all the efforts, and it's a lot of efforts. I mean, I don't know how often you're on the phone with people at the Holy Land. Hey, where are my rosaries? <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah, they're a little, they're a little. Uh, well, it's uh, it's a short story, but it's a funny story. Well, we got about a minute to okay, go. Well, there's there's an evidently organization in Italy that decided they're going to start praying the rosary again, which I was glad to hear since my family gave them. Right, they ordered a million and a half homemade rosaries for that organization, which just backed up my orders. <laughs> Big yeah, time. you would think thousand and hundred thousand dollar orders are a lot, but when you're talking million, yeah, they, you it, pale. It, it, uh, so th- we got through that now, so we're starting to get sort of an even even keel coming, but I, I just, I, I just, I prayed for it. I said, wow, I, that, that's exciting. Yeah, I mean, it's a good problem to have, but when we're trying to do all, or you're trying to do all the things you're doing here, you well, gotta have you gotta have the supply. The I've got. I mean, we've got. There is a lot of people. Yeah, it's, it's a whole team effort that's big. Uh, I've got one guy that's a Knight of Columbus with me. That's an ex-Vietnam veteran and an ex-Denver cop, and he's he just helps me like whenever I need the help, uh, and it helps him get out of the house. It helps me, so it's a it's a good two-way street. Well, it does It does take a team to get this done, and oh, yes. we need more people on the team. So if you're interested in starting a prayer in the square, if you're interested in the, hosting the Fatima statue, again, go to respectlifedenver.org. There's a website there to sign up for the statue or to find out about more prayer in the square. So in our last second, Sam, I just want to say thank you for all you've been doing. No, thank you for all you're doing. 